Hello and welcome to the Leading the Line podcast. Chris here, I hope you're staying safe and keeping well. And we are back with the second of our SWPL previews, this time looking at SWPL2. And of course, I'm joined by Campbell Finlayson. Campbell, how are you doing this time? <laughs> um, I've been better, Chris, but I'm good enough to go. So yeah, let's get this done and get you back to your work. Yeah, absolutely. I, this is my lunch break is uh, recording podcasts. So there you go. I'll, I'll eat a cheese toastie later. But um, yeah, we are going to talk about SWPL2. Obviously, seven sides in the division this season with Parfit Thistle going up as a replacement for Fort Farmington. Um, a couple of other things that were announced about SWPL2 in the last couple of days it is now going to be a 24-game league season. So teams will play each other four times instead of the original three. And there will be no relegation, which I think might be for the third season in a row, potentially. Um, it feels like yeah. So it's a it's another challenging season for SWPL two camp. Before we get into what we talked about with SWPL one sides, um, it's another challenging season. It's a short league with only seven teams in it. They're now playing each other four times. It's not an ideal preparation going into the the new campaign uh, for the sides involved. No, it's not. It's um, it's been tough all this everything that's happened in the last couple of years. But when you're trying to get the leagues kind of running more more simultaneous with each other getting a 10 team top play obviously and having had the 10 in SWPL2 and now we're playing with seven teams and the way everything's having to change and again having no relegation it's the seasons are almost looking to be pieced together um, rather than having just a full clean run at it so it's a bit disappointing for the teams but at least they're back playing football and I'm sure they'll, they'll be happy enough to, to just get on with it regardless of what's going on around them yeah, absolutely. So let's get straight into the teams that are involved and they will all be going for that promotion spot this season. And once again, we will do it in alphabetical order to prevent any questions. Um, so we will start, first of all, with Baramir Thistle. Um, Baramir, um, oh yeah, before we do that, we're doing the same thing as SWPO1, so strengths, weaknesses, uh, favourite signing, uh, well, most in- signing of most intrigue is what we're going with. And the player we're most excited about seeing play for the side this season. So let's start with Baramir Thistle. Um I've, my, my strength and weaknesses kind of go hand in hand. So I'll, I'll go first and then I'll get yours in. So I've got the purple pathway, which they talk about quite a lot, which is the, the conveyor belt of young talent that they create coming into the side. I know Elise Makara is the latest one to become a member of the first team squad. But on the flip side of that, it does mean that with the talent that they do produce, the level it is, they do lose these players. And obviously, maybe the two most notable ones, uh, Tegan Browning, who signed for Hearts, we talked about in the last pod, uh, and obviously Adi Hanley signed for Berning last season as well. So the fact that they continue to push these talents, that they continue to push up the leagues is great. And I know that they have players in the youth squads for Scotland at the moment as well. But it's also must be a challenge for Susie Shepherd in terms of rotating that team around and making sure that 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 talent and conveyor belt always goes through. So I've kind of gone, strength and weakness kind of go hand in hand for me in this one. Um, what about yourself? I've been the same, sort of with the, the talk of the youth here, they've always got players coming through and they're kind of, they're never really short on on options that way, but I'm your, um, just literally as you've said, but weakness-wise, just kind of, of experience, there's there's very little of it in there. Um, they've, they've made some decent signings, don't get me wrong, obviously in this window, um, but we've seen players coming in here that will make a difference to them and I think, I mean, you saw last season that were for a team that had just come up. Um, they were they were always kind of in games, but other than the Aberdeen game early on in the season, they were um, they were a team that was certainly showing signs of improvement, as a lot of teams did um, across this WPL actually. So it's good now that they've maybe got that bit extra kind of experience. Obviously, we say they've lost the likes of um, of Tegan Brown there, but they've got um, a couple of new experienced additions, and we can see if if they can kind of work well with some of the younger girls to to really propel them up, propel them up that league, but. Um, uh, it's just that worry of 
Uh, these people, obviously, the girls are going to be good enough to be playing, but are they quite? They're not quite experienced enough yet, just to push them that bit higher at the league. So, is it something they can work on? Yeah, but I think that's very much the Burnham model of getting young players out playing football, which is great, and then obviously seeing how far they can go. So that's brilliant. Um, let's talk about signings. Then, um, who have you got down as your signing of most intrigue? Um, I've got Anna Murray, who obviously kind of been in and out a wee bit, but um, as a player that's got lots of experience from her time, um, Patrick Thistle and things as well, to obviously come in there at Burnham and like I've said, they've lacked a bit, but she's a player there that can come in and will be useful for kind of helping out some of the younger players there. Um, I can help them talk them through games almost while also being a player that herself is, is good to watch and has got experience over this level and I'm sure it'll be a good addition to the side. Yep, um, I've gone for Shannon Todd, a player who's maybe been a little bit nomadic over the last last wee while in terms of the teams that she's been signed up for, but she's signed up for Birmingham this this season. Um, I know she's also had injury issues, which has been part of that part of that process. And, and I saw she put a tweet out recently saying that she was feeling as good as she's felt for a long time. And I think as we've talked about with that Burnmuir squad, with the likes of um, Anna Murray, Beth McLeod, Sammy Duncan, there are there are some experienced heads in there, but I think bringing somebody in like Shannon, who has SWPL1 experience as well as SWPL2, um, could be really useful. And on a, on a day, she can be a really good attacking threat from that those kind of back kind of back end of the pitch wing areas. So, yeah, I'm really interested to see how she gets on this season. Uh, in terms of exciting, I have gone for one of the, the young players. I've gone for Brogan Anderson. Um, I think she is... She's showed towards the back end of last season that she is going to be key for Burnmuir. I think she's had the captain's armband a couple of times as well. Nearly went for Beth McLeod because she scored a couple of, scored a couple of goals and could not win during the one that win over Partick Thistle to touch on your point earlier about them getting results at, against teams further up the division. But yeah, I've gone for Brogan Anderson in terms of the player I'm excited to see. Uh, what about yourself? Um, I've got Maria Novo Torrente, who is obviously one of the, the international players coming in, well, continental flair, if you want to call it that, um, coming into Boromir, who has been in amongst the goals. She's kind of, obviously, they were a team that didn't score too many, but you were gonna, you've were you seen her name kind of popping up here and there, and I think now that they're getting a full season, it could be quite interesting to see if she can kick on there. So I didn't see too much of Boromir last year. Hopefully that will change this year. And, um, Maria certainly a player that I'm, I'm quite excited to watch and see how she gets on uh, with Boromir this campaign. Nice. Yeah, I know I've got a bit of a Spanish leaning to lots of things I do, so I was trying to avoid being that guy, so I'm glad you said it. Um, but yeah, let's move on from Burnham Thistle to Dundee United, um, who obviously were the team to, to miss out on promotion in that kind of four-way battle last season. Um, I've put down as a strength, I think they have the most goals in the division by quite a bit. Uh, they also have Danny McGinley, who has proven goals at this level, as is Robin Smith. And they've also brought in Rachel Todd, who scored, uh, scored at a good number for St. Johnston last season as well. So for me, I think of the, the teams in the division, I think Dundee United certainly have the, the strongest attacking threat, I think, this season. Yep, I've got goal scorers written down as well. There's, I mean, they don't have a problem putting the ball in the net. United, we've seen that. And obviously you mentioned the likes of Danny McGinley, Robin Smith, who were even Danny with a lot of injuries last season, still scoring plenty of goals for United. So they've they've got the power going forward, but they're also spreading their goals out around the team pretty well. So United, if they can keep that up, Obviously, they're going, to, they're going to outscore most teams in the league, you would have to think. Yeah, uh, in terms of weaknesses, I, I, I'm just reading the note I've written down for weaknesses and it makes absolutely no sense. So what, what is the weakness you have down? And I'll try and figure out what that actually says uh, in a minute. <laughs> the word I've got written down is complacency. Um, United are pretty much all, almost everyone's favourites um, to win the league this season. They've got what on paper looks like the strongest squad there, but 
there's there's certainly been times where United have got ahead in games and then they just almost seem to switch off or they go into games thinking we're going to win this and then it's they end up losing some points there. So it's just kind of guarding against that. I don't think they should have should have too much uh, too much bother with that with that this season. But I mean, you look at Sunday last week, for example, they were two 0 up um, against Kilmarnock and it, it should have been more. And then suddenly they were a player down and Kilmarnock were back level again. It was just that bit of just switching off during games. I think if United can kind of eradicate that. And just perform for the full 90 minutes, then they're going to win most games this season. So just try to get rid of that out of the game. Obviously, they did come back on Sunday to win the game, but it's just something they just guard against that wee bit. Yep, and I've realised what I've written down now. So I, I actually had, um, can occasionally ship a few goals. So I think, obviously, playing Hibs is a, a, a division above, but conceding 10 goals is never never a great thing to see. And I think in the game against Marnock as well, obviously, 1 4 2, but there is that two in that column, which I know that Graham Hart will be keen to nail down and kind of solve it up at the back. But yeah, I think I think for me, Dundee United are probably the favourites at the moment in terms of when you look at the, the squads listed up. Uh, in terms of signings, they brought in Erin Katanak and Cassie Kepler, both at Farmington, as was Lauren Perry, Northern Ireland International. Um, who have you got down as your signing of most intrigue? Uh, Rachel, Rachel Todd as well, sorry. Uh, yeah. Rachel Todd as well. <laughs> yep, you, you shout that. Um, I've, not, I've got Rachel Todd as well, who was one of Johnson's best players, if not their best player on, over the last couple of seasons as well. And I know United have been there a couple of times, Rebecca Foote as well, having left them um, fairly recently. But um, uh, Rachel Todd is a player that see, all we kind of stood out there and uh, even already seen in a, a few games for United so far. She's very versatile and can play anywhere really, down that, mainly down the left-hand side, but anywhere else as well really. And is it was obviously um, that game against Phosphorus, but a tough one to judge. Um, most folk on, but she played well there and the game was was um, certainly up there in the chat for, for player of the match on Sunday at Rugby Park as well. So if she can kind of just replicate her St Johnston form, which I'm sure she will do at United, I think she'll be a very good addition for, for United. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Rachel Todd was definitely one I, I had down, but I've gone for Lauren Perry. Um, obviously, I think I had a, a pretty decent season at Phosphorus Farmington. She obviously... Popped off in socials for scoring that goal against Hearts, but a player who's been in and around the Northern Ireland squad, um, and obviously with their upcoming Euro campaign, she'll be hoping to kind of seal down a regular place. And I think competition in goal is something that will be a strength for any side in SWPL too, because I think we all know that it's definitely one of the, the areas where players are a little bit short at the moment in the women's game. So having those two options, I think, is a, a real bonus for them. In terms of exciting, I've gone for Tammy Harkin. I think she has been the the creative linchpin of the midfield. I know she's played a couple of other places um, during a time at Dundee United, but I think she scores goals to mention you, to reference your point earlier on about goals from different areas of the park. But when she's on it, she can she can pick a pass as well and uh, her set-piece delivery can be pretty good as well. So I've gone for Tammy Harkin uh, in terms of an exciting player. I'm trying not to say what about you, but I'm going to say it. What about you, Campbell? <laughs> um There was quite a few kind of possible options for United, but I've gone with Danny McGinley, who, as I said there earlier on, and she had some injury problems last year, but even when she was coming back for that, was then again finding the net all the time and as a player that will score plenty of goals given the chance for United this season. Um, Tammy Harkins, the other one, obviously, certainly there, the likes of Robin Smith as well, but a full season from Danny McGinley, she should score plenty of goals for United and just kind of intrigued to see if she does that, but she's, she's certainly a player that I enjoy watching and I think should have another good campaign. Yeah, uh, I think as well with Danny. She had some injury issues last campaign and still managed to rack up the goals. I'm not a big fan of number six, but I know there were reasons for it. So we'll, we'll breeze by that and get into Glasgow women. Um, so Glasgow women, who uh, obviously are based at Newtown Park, um, 
I have got down as a strength for them. They, they've got an experienced coach in Craig Joyce, somebody who's, who knows the women's game very well and actually the players he's with as well. He's known for a number of years outside of Glasgow as well. So I put down that they've got a, a very strong core in terms of the, the players that kind of get to know each other uh, as there is a strength for myself. Um, I've written down they're pretty creative I think they've got players kind of off the Tara McGonagall's left to join um, Hamilton but they're still like Josh Caitlin Canavan there um, Lucy Ronald's another one of course that will touch on the other players that are going to go and create chances for people um, but that leads into their weakness which I think they don't really have an out and out striker they, they did struggle for goals at times last season and it's, it's just something that they're missing if they can get someone on the end of these chances then they would have a fairly decent campaign but they just seem to be lacking that and it's I mean obviously they made a couple of signings again we'll touch on soon but there's just that worry of if they're creating chances you still need to put them away and they don't often do that Yeah I've, I've gone for inconsistency they were a bit up and down last season um, they went on a really good run at the start and then I think towards the end it kind of tailed off a little bit and it's maybe just a consequence of having quite a young squad. And they've lost a, couple, a bit of experience as well with Joe Addy moving to Motherwell um, and Susie, McTat- um, Susie Wyatt sorry, uh, moving to uh, Gart Cairn as well. So they've lost a couple of the experienced heads that are involved in that team. But yeah, I've gone for this consistency. In terms of signings, uh, coming in have been Taylor Davis from Morton. Um, Eve Donald has come in on loan from Hibs again. Hannah Cunningham coming in on loan from Rangers. And Sophie McGoldrick, who was announced the day before we recorded this, um, coming in from Queen's Park. Who have you got down as uh, your your kind of signer and most intrigue? Uh, I put Sophie McGoldrick, who was at Queen's Park, obviously, like you say, and they kind of, going forward, they had players there that were pretty exciting to watch. And again, they were, they were scoring some goals that kind of fell away a wee bit towards the end of the season, Queen's, when they were, they were losing players. But um, she was one that did fairly well there. And as I've seen, I'm talking about not having a strike that's put the ball in the net. She could be that one for, for Glasgow women here. So... I think it's, it's a good move for her and if she can if she can get a starting position obviously all the time then I think she could be scoring a few goals for Glasgow women this season and well, I don't really know what to expect from them as you said they have been really inconsistent but if they can get the ball creative get the goal to these creative players that we're talking about and then forward to the likes of Sophie McGoldrick then I think they'll do pretty well Cool uh, Yeah I've also gone for Sophie well actually no I haven't I've got actually, for the player from most intrigue I've actually gone for Taylor Davis because she's a player making the step up from the championship. And it's not something that there's a lot of yet in the women's game in terms of that step up. It tends to be kind of down as opposed to up in terms of how players are felt into the system. And that's a consequence of obviously the development system changing and how that works and things like that as well. So I'm really intrigued to see how any player makes a step up from the championship, which has a, a very broad church of abilities, as I discovered uh, last Sunday when I was watching a couple of the games. Um, so I'm very intrigued to see how she kind of settles in and what kind of impact she can have making that, that step up. Um, in terms of the player you're most excited about seeing, I have gone I've gone for Caitlin Canavan. I've always liked watching Caitlin Canavan play. Um, I think when she's on form, she's really exciting to watch uh, running with the ball. She likes to hit the byline. She likes going past the player. I, I nearly picked Taylor Hamill for the same reason. Obviously, Taylor... Very similar position, similar part of the park as well. But I've just I've just gone for Caitlin because last season when she was on it, she was she was one of the one of Glasgow women's best players. Um, so yeah, I put down Caitlin Canavan. Uh, what about Campbell? Um, I've got Lucy Ronald too. Obviously, she got on move to Hibs, but yeah, back on loan for the season was a player that is, is clearly a really really good football player. They're obviously getting the captain's armband at such a young age as well. Craig clearly clearly rates her highly and. 
anything you watch, you can see why. And again, it's just one of these players that you turn up and you know like, every time you see him, no matter the opposition, he's going to have a good game and it's just a really good player to watch. So, yeah, you can see why, as I've said there. Um, it'll be good to see Lucy again getting more more game time at this level and then making the step up to Hibs and see how she copes at, um, at the higher division next season. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the move to Hibs will be a, potentially will be a very good one for her. I'm glad to see her getting... Uh, Another season playing regularly first team football. So it'll be good to see how she progresses over the course of the season. From Glasgow, we go to Ayrshire and we go to Kilmarnock. Um, Kilmarnock, uh, who played Rugby Park. I don't know why I'm giving her the ground locations this time. This is a new one. I was getting done during lunchtime. Uh, in terms of strength for Kilmarnock, um, I put that they maybe have, I think they can be defensively solid. Um, I think Amy Burrows has been somebody that's flagged to us as one of the, the best defenders in the league, potentially. So I think that they have shown over time, and I think the run of form towards the back end of last season, I think there's maybe that there's hope that they can carry that momentum into the new the new campaign, um, given the way that they ended that season. So I've gone that for, for my strength, Gamble. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with that. I've got sort of similar. I've got the solid spine of the team that they've got, Kelly, obviously. I just say lost Lauren McGregor, but bringing in Molly Eve, who's He's played a bit at this level with St Johnson as well. I think should be a decent sign in there. Um, and Amy Burrows, they've got the best defender in the league, I think, hands down. And alongside Laura Neal as well, obviously, Laura McLaughlin, sorry, obviously the two of them, um, they, they do really well and work well as a partnership. And they're into the middle of the park again. They've got a lot of experience in these in, in these positions. Um, the likes of Monica Hardy, Abby Robinson, again, they're all the, the really good players in that team and that, that should do well in this league. And then obviously Lisa Swanson further forward, you've got people that are going to put the ball, um, you've got someone there that's going to put the ball in the net. So I think Kilmarnock do have a, a fairly solid spine to their side there. And they should be up the top end of the table, if they, especially if they continue um, that momentum for last season, like you mentioned. And in terms of any weaknesses you think might crop up over the season? I think away from Lisa Swanson, though, they don't score enough, Kelly. They've, you've seen that in games where she's been out. I mean, the two goals against United at the weekend, their one's come from a deflected shot for centre-back and the other one against another shot from distance from Shelley Campbell. So they've, they, they don't have players there in these forward areas that are really going to go and score you plenty of goals each season out with Lisa Swanson. I think, obviously, Georgia Crouch is one that's come in that's going to play further forward there. Sister Mary as well, but they're... There's just always something lacking for me, I think, for Kelly going forward that I say they've got a really good defence in midfield there, but they could maybe do another striker. I know Joanne Payton's coming back now as well, so she could be another one that will be helpful for them um, for Kilmarnock. But going off of last season especially, it was just kind of scoring goals. Um, so if they can get, get these strikers to kind of put the ball in the net, then they will be up the top end of the league, but it's certainly something to, to try and fix. You know, I don't think it, there's much else I would add to that in terms of what I, I had there as well. So I think I'm just going to transition that into the signings because it, it touches on to who I think is probably the signing most intrigue. So in terms of players come in, uh, Lisa Swanson's uh, come in from Motherwell full-time after being on loan last season. Uh, Georgia Crooks and Mary Crooks have both come in from Motherwell as well. And as you mentioned, uh, Molly Reeve coming in from Dean Johnson and Joanne Payton coming back after being away. Not necessarily a signing, but somebody who's now back in the squad. Um, and yeah, I think in terms of signing, I've gone for Lisa Swanson. She will have a lot of responsibilities for putting the ball in the back of the net. She's obviously done that to success at this level before. There was top goal scoring in the 2019 season. And I think it will be important that she can kind of stay fit. And I think once she gets her running as well, she'll she'll put a few goals in for Kelly. And I think Kelly have the potential to be if, as we talked about um, a little bit earlier on with their run of form towards the back end of last season, they get a good good start to this season. I think they, they could be a potential uh, contender for, for that promotion and title spot. 
Yeah, I mean, I've put Georgia Crooks here who has kind of moved around a wee bit and there's, you can see, I think, Watson that she's got that potential to be a really good player and it's just a case of, can I get a season now where I'm, I'm focusing on getting at the one team, I'm getting plenty of game time. Um, and I think she will get a tickle mark, so I'd, I, I think she could be a good signer for them. But again, it's sort of one of these ones with Kelly where all the signings could be, but the jury's still out on them at the minute. So Georgia Cook, I think, is, is just edges it for me, but um, yeah, there's, there's still work to be done. And in terms of the exciting player you've got down, I went. Am I going first? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, there's quite a few, to be honest, as I mentioned, but I've, I've got Abby Robinson written down, who maybe doesn't get quite as much credit, but never stops running around and um, isn't afraid to kind of go into the tackle, but is also a creative player and will help to create chances for other players as well there. So she's, she's one that, again, similar to Lucy Ronald, she never really has a bad game as such. There's always just a fairly solid player all the time. And um, I'm quite excited to see how she gets on again this season. Just she just quietly going about her business and doing what she has to do on the pitch. Uh, I've got Abby Robinson as well. Uh, I think uh, she showed up really well at the start of last season. Then obviously everything got a little bit disjointed. Um, but yeah, I've got I've got Abby Robinson as well. I also think that uh, Danny Conley coming in from, from Hamilton Ackies is potentially another good sign in that defence. Um, obviously, we talked about Amy Burrows earlier on, but I thought Danny was a... Very solid defender for Aki's last season in SWPL too, and I think that that certainly adds to that that core for them. But yeah, um, I've gone for Abby Robinson as well. It's most exciting. Let's go from Kamarnik back to Glasgow. We've gone from Glasgow and we're going back again. Uh, Queens Park, um, and I've got strength. I've put down that they, considering how tough their SWPL group was, I think they actually had a pretty good run at it, and I've, I've put that down as a as a positive because of the Barry Rogers's. Barry Rogerson. Barry Rogers has come in um, as the new head coach. And I think it may have been a little bit of disheartening if that had not gone well. They obviously had that heavy defeat to the Rangers and they, they lost relatively comfortably to Aberdeen, but they managed to get a victory against Birmingham Thistle and ran Motherwell close. So I've put that SWPL Cup campaign as a, as a positive for them going into the new season. Yeah, I've been similar. Again, they were, they were scoring a, a few more goals there. Obviously, they have made some good additions and now have more of a squad, I think, than, than they clearly were missing yeah, towards the end of last season. But their cup performances were they were, so they were promising. And um, I say they're now putting the ball in the net a bit more like some of the other teams we've already mentioned they haven't done it enough. So if they can do that this season, Queens, it'll be interesting to see how they get on um, the under Barry. Um, and in terms of a, a weakness, what have you got down, my man? <laughs> Just the rebuild, to be honest, again, they, they have lost so many players and they're bringing people in and it's players that we know are good enough at this level. We've seen them before, but it's just that case of can they all gel quickly enough, um, especially under a new manager as well, to to restart and, can they, and go again and make sure they're, they're not down the bottom end of the table. So it's, it could be a positive, but then if it, we don't know, it depends how well they gel, but just that big rebuild could end up going the wrong way. I've got pretty much the same thing. Um, they've obviously brought in five players, um, which we're just about to go and talk about, um, during the transfer window, uh, and they kind of appeared over the SWPL Cup group stages. But that is five players coming into a new squad, and the squad that was went through a bit of change anyway towards the back end of last season with uh, some of the changes that were happening around about the club as a whole. So, yeah, I've gone for that same thing. I'll be interested to see how they emerge. But as I said, with the SWPL Cup show rules and stuff, I think it's looking promising, but how that plays out over the cross of the season we will find out very shortly but in terms of signings um, 
Yeah, they they announced five signings all very quickly after the end of their squad. Um, so Emma Donnelly's come in, uh, Abby McDonald's come in from Glasgow Women, uh, Courtney White, Holly McIndow, who's come in from Fort Farmington, and Truly Pollard, the goalkeeper's come in from I think I'm pretty sure it was last at Motherwell. I'm, I've put Motherwell down, but uh, I think that's right. Uh, in terms of signings, who have you gone for? Um, Abby McDonald, who obviously haven't moved to, to Glasgow Women last year, was. Was an exciting player again for them, and that's that's one that maybe they will like now that she's away. But I think she's a good signing for Queen's Park. Says we know what she can do at this level again. We've seen her scoring and creating goals, and they've got some exciting players in forward areas. Queen's Park, and I think she's another one that could certainly be um could be quite a promising player for them this season. Yeah, I was going to go for Abby McDonald. She obviously scored the first goal of the SWPL season last season. I always remember a stat. Uh, but I've actually gone for Holly McIndoe, and that's based on performances in the SWPL Cup group stages. She scored a couple of goals, um, and she's obviously kind of come in from a, from a decent level at Forfa Farmington, irrespective of kind of what had happened there last season. So I, I've gone for, for Holly McIndoe in that respect, because I think, I think for a lot of clubs in SWPL too, um, as scoring goals, I think we've touched on it a few times now, if you've got something that can put the ball, the ball in the back of the net, you are in a position to potentially do very well this season. I know Courtney White's had a, a good start as well. But yeah, I've gone for Holly McIndoe uh, for that one. Um, who's the most exciting player that you're looking forward to in that, that squad for Queen's Park this season? Um, I've put down Demi Potts, who again was part of that sort of the three almost way that I was talking about with Sophie Goldrick as well. Last year going forward, they did have some exciting players and she's certainly another one that um, having played now at that level, she now knows what it's kind of what's needed to, to go up and step up again for Queen's Park this year. So I'm um, excited to see how she gets on because again she was one of these players that likes to likes to get the ball when she's got the ball at her feet. She's, she's doing something with it that you enjoy watching. So um there's a few in the Queen's Park team, to be fair. They have made some interesting signing things as well. But yeah, yeah, Demi Potts is the one I've I've noted down. Interesting you said Demi Potts, because I think I've gone for the third player in that trifecta of players who started kind of kicking over in the last part of that season, which is Louisa Boyce. Um, I know she's kind of started well again this season. So, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see. I think we're repeating ourselves a little bit with Queen's Park in terms of what we're talking about, but how that transition from what seemed to be a bit of coming around towards the back end of last season continues into this one. So I've gone for uh, Louisa Boyce for that one. Um, Stirling University next up. Uh, obviously, Difficult couple of seasons for them. Though another side that towards the end of last campaign started to pick up a couple of, a couple of results. And um, what have you gone for as their strength, Campbell? Um, it's a tough one because the strength and weakness again kind of kind of work together with each other. I've, obviously, the players in every squad know each other, but the fact that a lot of them will be studying together as well as playing together and things they, they get to know each other that bit better. But um, that can lead into the weakness of they've got a small pool to choose from really it's tougher whereas all these other clubs are not obviously having to focus on on universities so it's it's not easy for them but um, as you say there's been there certainly was some improvements with Tim Jones especially towards the end of last season there and I feel like we're saying it for every team if they can continue that then you never know but um, I'm kind of interested to see something unique again you never really know what to expect from them Yeah I mean I've got I've got that given how the last couple of seasons have gone, the fact that this can be viewed as a, a, a proper fresh slate. It feels like last season was a bit like they were just kind of getting through it and this season can be a bit different in terms of what's what's happening with it. So I've kind of put that, that they've got a clean slate and they have been able to bring players in because obviously with the, the, the global situation as it was, Southern University and they weren't the only team shipped a lot of players during that time because as people had to go home and, and things like that. So yeah, having... 
having um, new players to go on. But yeah, I've got I've got goals. I know we talked about goals in the positive, but I think I, I don't at the moment I don't know where goals come from from Southern University. And I think that's as a bit of a concern, especially when you look at some of the results in the in the cup of the SWPL Cup. But we will see. Uh, in terms of signings that have come in, I, I've managed to track uh, a few of them. So uh, Hannah Troll and Athena Vanava have both come in. I think they are both uh, now students. So uh, Athena Vanava had a short spell moment past the Thistle. I remember she came on against Dundee United at Lockinch. And that was a really good game, actually, earlier uh, in the last season. They brought in three from Glasgow City, uh, his academy side. So Neve Scott, Sophie McKay and Charlotte Bryden. And Rebecca Robertson, who was on loan from Stenisville last season, is coming full-time to add a bit of experience to the squad. Uh, who I, I'll tell you what, in terms of signings, I've actually picked three. I've cheated. And I've gone for the three from Glasgow City because... We touched on it earlier on with the, the changes to the development system. We've seen a, a lot more trickle down of players coming from that, from the, the kind of bigger sides in Scotland. Uh, and obviously with Stirling University and people going to university, they kind of pick some of those players up. So I'm interested to see how this particular batch in this one club, because it's something that a couple of teams have done in terms of bringing in two or three from these sides. Um, so yeah, I've, I've gone for these Scott, Sophie McKay and Charlotte Bryden. It's a kind of collective um, to see uh, which one would come out best. What about you? Um, I've got Athena Varnava, as you say, we saw her a few times at Partick Thistle and was a player that maybe Thistle were just that step above, but she always looked again kind of alive while they wanted to get on the ball and wanted to go forward and try and get in and score some goals and it's been hard for still again, as we've said, um, but uh, she's a player that I did enjoy watching on the few occasions that I've seen her and it'll be good now to see if she's obviously kind of, she's going to be at a team for a while now, you would think. So to see if she can do well there and perhaps get involved in some of the goals this season is still going to look to um, look to improve on what's been a tough few years for them. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of most exciting player this season, <laughs> I've done this 16 times now and we're really at the last one. Uh, in terms of the player you're most excited about this season for Sterling Uni, who have you put down? Lindsay Blues, who... Obviously, it was always one of the players that was a real kind of standout for them. It has been a tough year, as we said. It was mainly myself and Ellie Simpson, who's obviously away at Spartans now. But she's um, she's a player that was was involved in a lot of the goals that went still and did score. Um, and again, another player that looks to go on the ball and isn't afraid to kind of fight for things in the middle of the park. So if she can kind of keep that up again, will be one of the more exciting players to watch for still in uni this season. But like I've said, again, pretty much every other team, we're still not really sure what to expect from them. Yeah, um, sorry, I, <laughs> I, I forgot to hit on, on, on that mute there. Um, yeah, I've also gone for Lindsay Blues. She, despite being very young, she is now a bit of a stalwart of that Stirling University side. Um, and I think she has progressed into the middle of the park as being somebody that will be very important to them, especially given Ellie Simpson's move to, to Spartans. Um, so I think, yeah, I think seeing how Lindsay Blues progresses in that side and the chance to be a kind of leader of that side, I think very exciting for her and potentially very exciting for, for the league if she gets a, a good chance to really put a foothold in, in games. Which brings us to the last team of our 17-team preview across two podcasts, uh, which is St. Johnston. St. Johnston, um, I think obviously there's been a, a couple of things with St. Johnston, kind of just looking through some of the things that some of the journalists who cover women's football put up with St. Johnston. But in terms of uh, their strengths, they, they they can always pull out a result in Johnson. I think they showed that kind of across the last two seasons, irrespective of numbers or other players that they've got available to them. They can get results against the bigger teams. That they shocked. Um, I know they've got results against Dundee United and Hamilton Aki's last season in particular. Um, so yeah, in terms of one of their strengths, I think is that 
they're always good for a result. And that probably comes down to the fact that they have uh, a very close-knit group uh, who have obviously come through and there's a close tie between Genefield Swift and St. Johnson as well. But yeah, I've gone that they can get results when when they kind of, maybe are not expected to, um, which is a, is a strength to have for sure. Yeah, I mean, I know they've, they've lost a few players we touched on earlier on, mainly at Dundee United and teams, but um, they do have players there that have still got proven quality at this level. I mean, Rebecca McGowan's one, obviously, that every year seems to be quite an impressive player. Um, Nicola Jameson's been there, he's kind of done it as well at the back. Like Hannah Clark and um, Ellie Cowie as well. They've got players there that have played at this level, they know what it takes to win games at this level. And if, Yes, it's been hard with what's been going on with them um, in the pre-season here, but if they can continue doing what they have done in previous years, like you say, they're still going to get results in games. Yeah, um, and I think a couple of players that they've brought in, like Morgan Steedman came in from the Fairman to talk about players that made that champ- jump from Championship and actually scored the number a few goals for them last season. But yeah, that kind of I think what we're talking about kind of plays into that weakness, which is numbers in terms of how many players that they have got available because obviously they have lost a couple. Um, I know that Lauren Rabbity, for example, has decided to take a step back. Um, she mentioned on, on social media that her injuries are kind of caught up with a little bit and she wants to take a little bit of time from that. So I think uh, numbers for them is, is my is my kind of, it's a bit of a question mark just now because I'm, I'm looking at the, the Women's Premier League page at the moment and the squad list isn't up yet for them. So yeah, um, that would be maybe my big question mark for Saints just now. Yeah, I'm the same that they have had that kind of a small pool to pick from there, quite a small squad, and it's it's something that it doesn't always affect you, but it certainly can do when you're when players are playing games a lot. Obviously, now there's an extra six games as well this season. If you're you're playing kind of constantly, it, it is tough. I know players have got other lives to go on with as well. So I'm sure Jason will know what he's doing up there to work around it, but it's it's certainly something that you look at St. Johnson think they could do with maybe a couple of additions to come in. Yeah, because moving on to signings, there actually hasn't been any announced at the, the time of recording, though uh, Jade McDonald's new back. She kind of came back towards the back in the last season, but I think she, she'll be looking to maybe feature a little bit more this season. I saw Jade Greenshields, I should say. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, uh, we won't touch on signings, so we'll touch on the player we're most excited to see play, uh, turn out for St. Johnson. Um, I'll tell you what, I, I was going to say back to my game, but because you've mentioned her already, and I think I think she's kind of naturally where you go to. I... I'm going to go a little bit different and I'm actually going to go for Morgan Stephen because if you think about it as last season was her chance to kind of see if she could go with a level and it seems like she, she can, she can score goals at this level. I'm interested to see whether it's a, it's an opportunity for her to kind of push on again this season, maybe maybe score more because it wasn't a case of she was scoring one, one and two, she was getting goals. I'm sure she scored a hat-trick last season as well. So yeah, I've gone for like, player. I thought Ellie May Cowie as well, she's always... She always looks dangerous when she comes on. She she can be a bit hot and cold sometimes in terms of like her impact on a game, but she's also a player that potentially could be one that kind of helps uh, keep push the Johnson further up the table. I mean, they're both good shouts when Morgan Steedman. I saw on a couple of occasions for St. Johnson last year in the game was a player that was putting the ball in the net and you were there and you could see that although it was a step up, I think she was more than a match for that level. But um, no, I went with Rebecca McGowan again. She has just... She's been one of St Johnston's best players there, just one that has also stuck with the squad as well. And again, like every team always seems to have just that, that one player that you really know is going to be a really good player to watch. And she's another one I'm sure she'll be, she'll be very important for St Johnston um, across the season. Yeah, uh, I think so too. I mean, as I said, I think I probably would have said next weekend, but I think, I think in, in the interest of saying something a little bit different, I've, I've, gone, I've gone across the squad. Um, but yeah, that wraps up all 17. Uh, we were trying to do it in one podcast, but we ended up doing it across two. Um, 
uh, we have tried our best to try and cover every team. We may have made a couple of slip-ups along the way, but uh, sure, we all, we all make a little bit of mistakes as we go. Um, we are both super psyched. Yeah, yeah, do you know what? We're going to be we're going to be amped up for this last bit, Campbell. Here we go. We, uh, we are both super psyched to see the SWPL back this weekend. Um, there's only one there's one game that won't make it. Um, Rangers against Bath and Thistle has been postponed because of uh, COVID related issues for for Thistle, but there will be two games live on the telly: Glasgow City against Motherwell on BBC One or Sport Online. BBC Sport Online. Let's be a bit more pithy way of saying it. Uh, one o'clock kickoff and Aberdeen against Celtic at Balmoral at ten past four on BBC Alba. And the highlight show for SWPL One will be up on Mondays now. Um, and it was Jamie Lewis and Gemma Fay that are going to be there for for Monday night uh, with a seven o'clock. Kickoff. That's not really right for a highlight show. Seven o'clock start time uh, on the BBC Scotland channel, and of course, all the clubs will be doing their best as always to kind of get highlights and things like that out there. And if we see them, we will give them a wee punt. But um, Campbell, yeah, how how are you feeling about the season to come? I'm excited in in a way. I mean, it's disappointing of some of the SWPL two has turned out, but um, SWPL one there's. Obviously, last year with no relegation, it was kind of like the hearts of mother with nothing really to play for. But now we know that all these teams at the bottom are they're going to be fairly well matched. The fact it's going to be really competitive there, well, there's also going to be a really good title race as well. Is exciting there. So hopefully, it should be a good campaign. Um, SWPL two, of course. I think we all know who the most folk are picking as favourites there. But going through the list there, there was there's so many teams that we said we don't know what to expect. So it's one it's a season of intrigue, and I'm looking forward to it starting. Yeah, absolutely. And just uh, before we finish up, a wee nod to the Championship, which is a level below because they'll be adding three teams to SWPL2 next season. The two champions coming up in a playoff between the two second-place teams. And then, as I mentioned that maybe earlier on the podcast, I've had a wee look at some of the Championship games already this season. I know Campbell's thinking about doing the same thing. So we might might have a wee touch on that every now and again as well. But for now, thank you very much for listening. Enjoy your football on Sunday. Um, go out and support your women's teams, whoever, whoever you support in a normal day. Go and find one that's close by and, and go go give them a cheer on. Campbell, thank you very much for coming on. No worries. Stay safe and we'll speak again soon. 